You are listening to the Effective Statistician Podcasts, a weekly podcast with Alexander Schacht, Benjamin Pieske and Sam Gardner designed to help you reach your potential, lead great science and serve patients without becoming overwhelmed by work. Today I'm talking with Chrissy Fletcher about the FSPY Stats Leaders Meeting in 2021. Stay tuned and now some music. Chrissy is an awesome personality. She has had a lot of influence and is still a lot of influencing in the stats community. She has led FSPY, uh, she is the new chair of PSI, um, she has run the HDA special interest group for many years, she has done lots of lots of different presentations and she also actively participated in the ICH E9 addendum. There is lots of things to uh, be said about Chrissy. Uh, listen to this episode where you will learn much more about the topics from the Stats Leaders Meeting, which are really relevant to you, and you will surely learn quite a lot from her. So stay tuned for this. I'm producing this podcast in association with PSI, a community dedicated to leading and promoting the use of statistics within the healthcare industry for the benefit of patients. Join PSI today to further develop your statistical capabilities with access to the ever-growing video-on-demand content library, free registration to all PSI webinars, and much, much more. There's a lot that currently is happening. Head over to psiweb.org to learn more about PSI activities and become a PSI member today. Welcome to another episode of the Effective Statistician. And today I'm really glad to have Chrissy Fletcher here, who has been on the podcast before. So if you just scroll back quite a lot, there's an episode about estimates. And uh, that was really, really good. But today we are not talking about this topic, where Chrissy is also an expert and actually quite influential. We talk about the FSPY Stats Leaders Meeting that happened um, mid-2021 recently. And there were a couple of very, very interesting discussion points in that. The first was about career development and leadership skills. And the second was about data science versus biostatistics in the pharmaceutical industry. There were actually two, two more, and you can read about it on fspy.org. But for, let's say, timing, let's focus on just these two ones. So, Chrissy, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you very much. I hope you are too. <laughs> very, very good. It's great to um, speak with you also just over the internet, but um, still great. So what do these things, leadership and career development, mean for you personally? So what a great question. So career to me is about having fun. Um, we spend a lot of time in work and ultimately we've got to have we've got to enjoy what we do so for me personally I really want to have lots of fun and um, when I'm working and that's what I try to do all the time I also want to feel that I'm being stretched and being challenged 
So in a career that's going to be enriching, um, how am I still learning? Am I still curious? Um, not, not being challenged so much that it's very stressful, but a little bit of stress is not actually bad. Mm-hmm. But I do want to feel that I'm making a difference. I'm growing. And so I always look out for roles that can help me stretch myself and challenge myself. And I also like it with career, I think it means about breadth and depth and diversity and opportunities. There are so many roles that we can have as statisticians outside of statistics as well. We do not need to necessarily stay within our line function. Um, so to me, um, everyone's different, but I have enjoyed a breadth of roles. I've enjoyed getting into some topics and, and, and areas in depth. And but I also value diversity and inclusion. So um, we always want to make sure that we're looking outside of our sort of comfort area and to think of new roles that, again, might be very might give us a very different view of, of the sector, our, our, our industry and the pharmaceutical industry that we, we work in. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think it would benefit us as a function if we would spread more across the uh, business because that would help us also yeah to get more influence yeah one of the statisticians that i worked together with said lily she moved into regulatory and of course that helps really to have some kind of better connection to these functions as well there's others that i know who moved into pharmacokinetics pharmaceutical dynamics, so more of these kind of quantitative fields as well, or real-world evidence, um, or yet completely other areas. Uh, And so there's a couple of episodes actually around this topic, and then that's really good. What I really love also about is this fun part. Can you expand (laughs) a little bit on this? Um, well, people who know me, I just, I just, didn't, I love being a statistician. I, I know that we can add tremendous value. So I enjoy the, what I do. I enjoy the learning. You know, look at what we do now compared to what we did maybe thirty years ago. It's just so different. But we, 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 we when we spend a lot of time as statisticians, we are in lots of meetings. We're, there's lots of thinking time. We're looking at applying complex methodology. Our, our heads can hurt quite a lot with all the thinking that we do. Um, but at the end of the day, again, to me, it's important to feel that I am um, making a difference. And actually, I, I'm, I'm you know, enjoying the people I work with, the people I collaborate with, and um, knowing that I'm serving patients at the end of the day. So it's all the different things we can do at work, to, which has been challenging in the COVID you know, pandemic. We're not seeing people face to face. We're not having the, the you know the tea and coffee uh, conversations, you know how 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 is you know life outside of work, and it is about um, balancing uh, sort of what we do at work and also we're looking after ourselves physically and mentally, and I think that's been really stretched in the last uh, couple of years. Um, so just trying to make sure people you know have a have a safe place at work to sort of be themselves, you know, and um, enjoy the work where you can get, 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 uh, do work that you enjoy doing and um, p- using your strengths, but also feeling that you, you, you can make a difference. You can apply yourself in different things. And again, enjoy, enjoyment means different things to different people. Um, but I, 
just my passion for statistics. I just love what I do. So I'm pretty happy to really get involved in lots of different things. Um, and it gives me the enjoyment that, that I'm, I'm searching for. It's really interesting how you describe these things, because if you speak about career, you haven't once mentioned promotions, you know, getting bigger titles, having more salary or these kind of things. But you talked about impact and satisfaction and fun and collaboration and these type of things. How do these two things go together? So a career over, over you know, a long-term you know, view, clearly, yeah, we, we might be, it depends on what you're looking for. Some people are very career-orientated. They, they're, looked, they're looking to be, you know, the head of a department in the future. They might set out a plan and, and, and identify the roles that they'll need to prepare themselves for that. Um, I think there is, it is important that as individuals, we do look at what is it we're looking for in our careers? What might be the next role that actually would really help expand our remit, increase our visibility and make more of a, of a bigger impact? Um, but I also want to say that careers can just vary over time. So, you know, when, 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 we, when we are busy outside of work and sometimes at what we're doing outside of work might also need to take a priority in some times of our lives. So we can, we can you know, navigate our careers based on what it is what, that we're currently living with. But I know some people are looking for that role title. They're looking for, you know, certain salary expectations, um, and, and that that's great. You know, in the, the day, you know, people are driven by different things. Uh, it's good to talk about those things. It's good to be open and honest about what it is that you're looking for. As a line manager, I, I want to understand what it is, you know, my staff are looking for and how can I help them achieve what they're trying to, to do in their careers. Um, and as line managers, you're always wanting to help staff um, develop to be the best they can be. Um, and sometimes it's down to your structure and what, what opportunities you have for different roles in your organization. Sometimes it's actually creating new roles because actually there might be a skill set that is untapped. And, um, you know, we've seen a lot of uh, change in our statistics functions in the last few years. And we'll get on to data science later. But, but there's more and more opportunities for where statisticians can apply themselves um, and that might be within, as you say, within the line function going up the career path. So as you get more experience, you can take on more responsibility. You might um, you know, lead projects, start to lead, lead um, aspects of a disease area. And that's great. You know, that, that's something that if, if that's, you know, is, is serving you and, and, and keeping you happy, that's fantastic. Some people might say, actually, I've got to point within this particular area of my of my expertise I want to try something different they might take a sideways move um, and again that that shouldn't be seen as a negative that that's someone who's willing to learn and and, and adapt themselves to a very new setting and new environment and um, so again what I'm trying to say is there's no right or wrong whatever you want in your career it is up to you as an individual to try and drive that yourself talk to your managers because we're not, not mind readers. What is it that you're looking for? How can we help you achieve what you want to achieve? I think that is really the important thing. You need to be clear about what role your work plays in your life. Yeah. And then career means having a good fit of that into your life. 
it may even be like, I want to step back. Yeah. Because now, you know, I have a new partnership or this, you know, I want to take care of my family and, you know, I, I really want to, you know, get a less stressful job. Yeah. Even maybe, you know, have a cut in salary. Yeah, because that's that's better. Then I think that's also, a, you know, a very reasonable career spe- uh, step to have. Um, so career doesn't necessarily always mean kind of up, 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 higher title, higher title, higher title. It means having the right career for your life and your situation. Yeah. Awesome. What has leadership to do with that? So leadership to me means about influencing, and that might be influencing a group, a team, and individuals, setting a clear vision. So leaders are, you know, wanting to make sure that there is a a clear path forward. What is it we're trying to achieve? There's a lot about motivating others. So to commit to that vision and understand, be clear on what their role is going to be. And empowering. I think leadership is about empowering others so they can be the best they can and let them do what they need to do. Um, so that, that's what leadership means to me is that, um, you know, there's different, there's different leadership styles. And I think there's that, that can vary on the situation. Um, but they're the, they're the topics that come to mind when I think of leadership. Mm. So is for you leadership primarily about more supervisory roles? Or is it for, you know, what's leadership for someone that doesn't have direct reports? So leadership is not management. So everyone, in my view, can be a, a leader. Um, if we're if we work, if we're the if we're the line function rep on a team, we're going to be bringing to the table our own thoughts from our line function. We are going to try and influence that team on maybe changing strategy or even advancing a strategy and trying to garner that support. Um, So everyone, I think, can be a leader. Separate out leadership from management, which is, again, how are staff being supported in their career? So it is important that line managers also need to sort of themselves think of leadership as as being a, a, a different element of what they're doing as part of their role. Um, and again, you know, leadership is something that, that everyone can develop and use in different ways in, in their roles, depending on what they're being asked to do. Um, and when you are given the opportunity to lead a project, again, it's it, 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 it's a rewarding opportunity. It's quite can be quite daunting. Um, how do I, you know, encourage this team to work together to do what I'd like them to achieve? Um, so in, in a, if you're leading a statistics team, you're trying to empower them to, again, be their best so they can deliver on the project work. Um, and again, as, as within your company, then that, that leads to, again, hopefully achieving um, all the key deliverables and, and work that is required. But individually, you might be asked to um, you know, join a cross-functional team and um, and bringing your own style and your own expertise, um, again, through the work that you're doing there, there's a role that you're playing to bring, again, leadership to the table, primarily perhaps because you're being asked to bring your statistical expertise. And, and again, sometimes that that's, that can be challenging. 
you know, leadership does come with a lot of communication skills. We thought about influencing a lot, mm-hmm. and that could be again talking in in a group setting, individual one on one kind of conversations. Sometimes aligning on views, and um, so that that's why sort of there's a lot of collaboration and partnership. Um, and how you do that will depend on the leadership styles that you bring to the table. Mm-hmm. What do you think is um, is a typical way to improve these leadership skills? Because is it just kind of well, there's lots of leadership books out there. Is it just about reading these books and that's it? So I think many people probably have heard of the 70-20-10 rule. Okay. A lot of what we do is learn on the job, the 70%. Uh, the 20% might be some kind of um, mentoring, coaching. That that can help a lot. And the 10% is, is probably maybe some training, um, some focused reviews of papers or, or these books. Um, so remember, a lot of what we do is actually learn on the job. Mm-hmm. But clearly, there's a lot of literature out there on leadership, um, and there's some great there's some great articles. There's some you know very very sort of brief articles that you can read you can read to understand some of the key principles. You can go to a deep dive if, if that's of interest to you. Again, it's how much time you have. What I would say is coaching and mentoring helps. And I think when I've looked into improving my leadership skills, who do I see as a role model? Who within the organization would I really like to aspire to be? Um, People that I think, wow, that they have such fantastic leadership skills. Could you connect with those people? Could you have, could they become a mentor for you? And you can then discuss what kind of strategies do they come up with and how do they think and how do they deliver? How do they lead their teams or their groups, whatever the project it is that they've seen? So I think that's something that people, you know, we should really capitalize on, on the mentoring side. And some companies offer you coaching. If you really do need to further develop your leadership skills, you can then have a coach who is an expert in that area. And again, what is it that you bring to the table now? What is it that you'd like to be doing in the future? And they can really help you further develop your skill in that area. But also, at the end of the day, we do this in our job. Take feedback. Ask for feedback. What do others think of you? Um, in, in when you're leading a project, what, what you know, again, is a strength. It's, it's a two-way conversation, but also what might, you, what, what, what might you need to spend time on further developing and um, be open to hear perceptions and views of others who work with you. Um, and, you know, and then take that feedback in a constructive way um, so you can then, you know, further develop that skill in the future. I think it's this kind of on-the-job learning is really, really important. Um, uh, I think it's where you can actually grow very fast. There's just one caveat to it. You need to know what you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's you need to have some kind of understanding of what are these different aspects. Yeah, you need to put some kind of words around it. Yeah, like if you don't know that there's parametric tests and non-parametric tests, yeah, then, well, you can't ask for it. You can't look for it. Yeah. Um, in the same way, I think you need to understand certain, certain you know, basic cons- 
concepts of leadership, yeah, of different leadership skills. So, for example, if you think about uh, presentation, yeah, what are the three modes of uh, persuasion? And look out for these. But if you have never heard about it, yeah, you will always stick to you know just your logical facts, and. Think, and that can kind of be really frustrating because then you try to look for even more arguments and more, you know, logics and more data. Yeah. Yet that isn't help you. So I think there's kind of, if you know the, you know, the basic concepts, then you can do much better in improving them and also asking more specifically for feedback. So what I, for example, usually do if I give a presentation, I prime someone in the audience before to give me feedbacks thereafter. Because then you can see kind of, okay, you get much better quality feedback because they know they will be asked to provide feedback. Um, and you also get, you know, much more feedback. Yeah, than kind of some, oh, how was that presentation? Oh, uh, oh, sorry, I actually played with my iPhone. <laughs> Probably then it was good, but why? Yeah. Uh, same with meetings, for example. Yeah, you can prime someone before the meeting and say, "Hey, I'm running this meeting today. Could you give me some feedback thereafter how how I did this?" Yeah. Um, or you know, what's of course very easy is feedback on written communications. That's that's uh, great. Yeah. But also kind of on how do you come across in one-to-ones? Yeah, what are your listening skills? Um, this is also really, really important. But yeah, having all these kind of basic concepts is great. And then train them, enrich them. There's actually a couple of these where we as statisticians are amazingly good at without really realizing it. Yeah, so for example, logical thinking. We, we often assume, well, that's normal, isn't it? Because <laughs> for us, it's normal, but it's not, yeah. Do you have some kind of story about that? Yeah, I think, well, I, I think when you're developing in your career, yeah. I think there'll be things that we, we've learned at college, at university. But, yeah, we're learning, aren't we? We're learning a lot of, I say, you know, technical and non-technical skills. So with, with leadership, um, it is important to build a foundation of knowledge. And that might be, yes, you do need to actually learn about leadership. What are all these different styles that I could have? There's situational leadership. And when do I need to be more directive or, or less directive? So that's where the, the the training and guidance will come in. Um, but it is about as you're learning in, in a career, you, you're 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 changing. You're you know you're 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 growing as a person. You're embracing um, different ways of working, and it can feel very challenging. And I do hear people feeling overwhelmed. I think it's important to you know try to to um, break things into little bite-sized pieces. So when I look back in my career taking on a new leadership role I've, I've I've tried to again get my understanding what is it I'm being asked to do it's easy to jump in you know, and, and move forward quite quickly but actually what is it I'm, I'm being asked to do and what, what might be needed to do this well 
So it is important to take some time to think about that. What, what, and again, it's, it's being honest about yourself. What is it that I can bring to the table now? What is the expertise and the skills that I have? But actually, what do I need to further develop myself in, in addition to actually starting to do this, this new role? But I, I've also tried to be very honest as well. And, you know, sort of, I've never tried to suggest that I know everything because no one ever does know everything. And I think leaders need to remember it's not about what you know. It is actually about what the team know together collectively. And do you have the right people on the team with the right level of expertise and the right range of skills that's actually going to help the team to be successful? So part of that leadership is is also how you can um, bring the right people together with the right expertise. And I think when, when you when you do spend a little more time thinking about what is the, the range of opportunities and the, and the types of individuals that you need that will come together for you, um, you might be able to influence that. Um, you might also find yourself in situations where you are going to join a team and, and you need to then sort of fit into that team. And as you say, Alexander, sort of statisticians, we have a lot of strengths, you know, in terms of our logical thinking and, and how we um, sort of, you know, our decision, our problem solving skills. Um, some things to us just seem very natural <laughs> um, and, and others have got no idea what we're talking about. Um, so I, I think, you know, as you're a statistician growing in your career, uh, again, look at, be, be, um, be humbled about what is it you're being asked to do and, and you know sort of be, be confident in what you have done in your career today because sometimes we you know we can lose our confidence um, and it's easy for sort of to that road um, but remember you know you've got to where you are because of what you have done in your career um, you either might be building on that in your next role or you might be being asked to do something completely different um, and again Break it into bite-sized chunks. What is it you need to do over what time period? Who can help you to do this? What knowledge, technical or non-technical, do you need to you know go and brush up on? Um, and, and and again, sort of be 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 open to the feedback. Um, get some feedback quite early on in taking on a new role. Um, both yourself, how do you think you're doing in that role? But also, as you say, ask people to give you feedback. Um, and that might be as a heads up at the start of a meeting or a presentation. It might be that you've got someone in the team who is observing how you try to lead the team and give you specific feedback on, the, on that one particular item. Um, so it, it can work in many ways. Um, but I think it's also sort of good to, 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 not, to, not, to not be too worried about doing it all in one go. You know, I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves um, and, you know, we are busy both inside of work and outside of work. Um, I think, you know, stress levels are at the highest they've ever been. Um, we have, you know, we need to help individuals and staff to think about what is it they can have in their control? What is it they can try to help alleviate themselves to reduce that stress? But also then that's where the line managers come in. What help, help do you need um, around you um, to get things back on track if things are being overwhelmed right now? So I hope that's, again, a few sort of hints and tips of trying to move forward at a time where things are under significant change. Um, and it, But again, it, it's an exciting time. You mentioned a 
you used a couple of words like do this and do that, but you also mentioned a couple of times be. So my perception is leadership is not only about skills, it's also about mindset and attitudes. What do you think are the mindset and attitudes that we as statisticians should embrace to be better leaders? It's a really good question. And I think when we had our second or third SBI statistical leaders meeting, we actually did have a topic about um, the mindset of statisticians embracing change. And, and I think at that time, this is going back a few years now, we felt that statisticians in general, it's not ever, clearly everybody, but in general, we've, we felt that we're quite slow to change. And why is that? <laughs> um, because the world has changed a lot around us, um, you know, new uh, innovation in evidence generation, the way that data science has evolved, which we'll talk about today. Um, why, why are we, you know, do we embrace change as statisticians? Um, and maybe it's sometimes how we are educated and, and maybe a, a logical sequential approach to our, our learning and, um, and how we sort of develop that skill over time. Um, but we certainly felt that actually we do need to embrace change quicker. We need to be more proactive about what change could be coming. And also, you know, is everybody on the journey? Is everyone sort of, um, you know, understanding what is changing and why? And I think that's a lot of the time, I think people don't necessarily focus on why are things changing? What could impact me with this change? And what do I need to do then to make sure that I'm part of this change? And so I've seen a lot of sort of, uh, you know, again, but maybe uh, individuals not not sort of embracing change because they don't really understand the why. And I think until you understand the why, that's your commitment to, oh, I get, I now get why this change is happening. And actually this is really good for me because of why, um, and I need to get on the bandwagon. So um, I think, again, through experience, it's, it's, it's time to, um, really try to embrace the future and an R&D in you know is continuing to change at a fast pace um, and I always sort of feel what is it I need to be looking at in the future I'm always looking ahead in my own mind what do I need to really understand better so I can be the best I can be and um, so I always see change as an opportunity and I, and I don't know why that is I just I just try to quickly translate change yeah. I, you know to a, a positive thing um, some change can be negative in terms of, you know, reorganizations in, in companies and um, roles can be eliminated. And that's a challenging time to go through. But those but other other changes can actually mean a new opportunity um, and a change can either, you know, it, it can sort of look, make you think about what is it that I want to do as part of this change. Um, so I think as statisticians, you know, we haven't necessarily in the past been quick to adapt to changes. But I think now that with things like the innovation and in trial design and um, advanced methodologies and increased use of Bayesian approaches, I think we really are now, you know, really driving change, driving innovation. And that's been a, a wonderful thing to see. Yeah. Instead of looking always kind of what's lost, looking into what does that make possible? Yeah. So even if it's, you know, being made redundant, yeah, 
Of course, that's, you know, probably first the terrible news, but sometimes it can actually mean that you have a great opportunity, yeah? That you now have, get out of this pressure, maybe you get a severance package, and that gives you the opportunity to do something completely different, um, which you, you know, have maybe secretly hoped for, wished for whatsoever, but never really had the, you know, financial backup to do. Um, so think about things like these. Um, let's move into data science a little bit. Um, when I read this kind of uh, theme in the FSPI leaders meeting, I really stepped over this title in terms of data science versus biostats. Where is this versus coming from? So I don't really think it, I don't, I don't see it as a versus myself. I think um, there's a lot of synergy. And I, I think, you know, in GSK, data science is part of biostatistics. And we're actually working really closely together to maximize key data science approaches, such as where we can use machine learning in research and development. I, I think I, I know that many companies and through the SPI SAT leaders forum, we had a really good sense of how data science has really evolved in most companies in the last couple of years. Um, you know, in, it's true in, in, in my company now, there's lots of different data science groups in all parts of the organization. Um, so that whether that be in corporate, in commercial, in R&D, they're everywhere. <laughs> people, many people are calling themselves data sciences. Well, that's great. Um, but within the biostats world and our and our in our place in, in and I'm thinking of R&D, um, we you know we we've got our own data science group as well. But we, it is part of a biostats group. So I don't see it as being versus. I just see it as a really strong collaboration. Um, and also, I think for the first time this year, we got all our data scientists from across the company together um, for a data science um, kind of, you know, consortium. And, okay. and that's the first time that actually people had come together to learn about how data science was actually being applied in all these different business applications, which was a great opportunity to get to know just the breadth of a expertise that existed in the company, how some of the roles were synergistic, and, and actually, very many new partnerships were formed from that, you know, initial um, sort of you know workshop that was held. Yeah. So, what does data science mean to you? Well, you know, it's it's. I think it's a very fuzzy term, and uh, people, you know, debate quite a lot about it. But but for our given discussion, what does it mean to you? So you can you could go and do Google search on what it means, you know, and, and there's a sort of generic term about using scientific methods, processes or algorithms to extract insights from a, a wide array of data. So I think if I, if I think of it in the pharmaceutical industry and what we do in statistics, I think it can help us to better understand diseases and treatment pathways. So how are you know, patients being treated? I think these approaches will help us better understand which patients can respond to treatment. And that might be through, again, looking at biomarkers and the relationships between outcomes. I think it can help to identify patients that might be amenable to be recruited into clinical trials, finding patients 
Um, again, there's lots of data sources out there for that. And I think it is gonna help us advance personalized medicine. Um, again, there's lots of genetics and genomic insights coming through. Um, we need to learn a lot more about genetics and the role that's going to play in personalized medicine. Um, so that I think that's where we as statisticians um, working in R&D are going to see again, the, the benefits of, of again, data science approaches. Yeah, I, you know, for me, this kind of data science word I've, when I first heard about it I, I said well according all to all these definitions I'm a data scientist myself yeah so um, and then you know most of the statistical programmers I know are data scientists as well and it's just kind of a much bigger term and when they then see in terms of oh what are these algorithms they use Lots of these come from books like Elements of Statistical Learning. Yeah, where I think like, hmm, okay, so I've, you know, read these books decades ago. I applied these methods decades ago. So why is that now, you know, as a statisticians, I'm now not allowed to use these methods anymore? It's kind of... It's, it's weird, yeah? So um, as, as if, you know, logistic regressions and, you know, um, variable selections are something that, you know, we have never used in the past. It's, it's kind of, of course we did, yeah? So um, have we used cluster clustering and other unsupervised uh, methodology? Have we used, you know, dimension reduction methods for, for better understanding questionnaires? Of course we did, yeah? So, um, and I, for me, that's just, you know, a really sexy term that has actually a much better branding overall in the companies, yeah? If you talk to, let's say, someone from marketing or someone from finance, yeah, they think of data science, oh, these are the cool people that can help me understand data. Yeah. Whereas sometimes they think of statisticians, oh, these are these kind of nerdy people that sit somewhere in R&D and produce tables. Yeah. And we need to have them by SOP. Yeah. So if I think about these two brandings, I'm rather being a data scientist than a statistician, actually. What do you think? Well, I think there's a lot of synergy, clearly, Alexander, you know, and I think, you know, data scientists, there's a lot of statistics, a lot of statistical modeling. Um, so we, as statisticians, you know, have a lot of statistical expertise that's required for data scientists. We have good programming skills, which is key for data science. We can manipulate data and we can analyze data. Again, core for data scientists. The use of data visualization, we do that in clinical trials and real world evidence. And we are used to developing models, statistical models, again, predictive models. Um, we have a very structured thinking, you know, and we have really good problem solving skills. And you need to be able to communicate, which again, we've been really focused on in the last, you know, um, many years actually for statisticians. And we can see ourselves interpreting results. But I think, though, where I see a lot of opportunity, again, working with data science, you know, it is a recognised field. But what can we learn from data scientists? Well, 
I think we do need to, as statisticians, learn about some of these fundamentals of data sciences. So what is machine learning? What is deep learning? What is supervised versus unsupervised learning? Again, I think as statisticians, we would understand this, but I think we do need to make sure that this is core to data science. So we need to understand what all these things are. We need to understand what are the sort of the tools, the common tools and technologies that are used by data scientists. We need to increase our programming skills. You know, Python, R or Julia is quoted quite a lot. You know, we've increased massively the use of R um, in, in pharmaceutical industry. Um, but there are other languages as well, programming tools that, again, are, are really important for data science. Data visualization, which I know you've talked about a lot. And, you know, we had sessions at the PSI conference last year. We, I don't think we do a lot of, to maximize the use of data visualization. So to me, that's got to be key. You know, we, we've got to do more with data visualization. Um, and, and, and data science is used to working with very big data, mm. massive data sets you know, on the scale that we're not used to in clinical trials. Um, but because a lot of data scientists do develop models, you know, predictive models, they need to be deployed. So we're not used to deploying models. I think that's what people talk about with working with engineers is you build solutions, you still, you, you, you know, develop models that can predict, but then you have to deploy it and get it out there and others need to be able to do and, and use it. Yeah. And telling a story is mentioned as something that's really important for data scientists to get the get across the terminology um, and what is it they're trying to do. And as statisticians, I think, you know, we can do more with telling a good story. Yes. Um, and again, making sure we're branding ourselves in, in, in a positive way. But ultimately, data scientists are very good at being curious. Well, how are we good at being curious in, in, in the pharmaceutical industry? Again, that, 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 you know, fast adoption to change. Do we ask a lot of questions? And remembering that learning never stops. And I think data science itself as a field has grown significantly in the last few years. But and again, maybe it is down to branding. Maybe it is what you call yourselves. And I completely agree with you that as statisticians, we are data scientists. But I also want to respect that there is a very you know, expert field of data scientists out there that yeah. even as statisticians, we can learn a lot from. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's a huge area in this data science. Yeah, there's, there's these people that are maybe they call themselves data engineers that are, you know, specifically in how I can create um, a data library in such a way that they can easily find things, yeah, and easily, you know, extract stuff. Um, or there's, you know, these deep learning experts, yeah, that are really, really in this, this field. And I'm just thinking of... Ilya Lipkovich, who is actually a statistician and has, you know, published quite extensively about this. Um, so there is a lot of overlap. And of course, there's a lot of variation. Um, you talked about this uh, gathering of the GSK um, data scientists. Where are all the different fields they are coming from? Um, yeah, I think, again, we're seeing a lot of... Um different specialists coming together. Um, so, you know, I think in, in, in universities now, there's a lot more data science <laughs> degrees yeah. emerging. Um, again, if you're, if you're a young person now, oh, I'd, lo I'd love to go back <laughs> and, you know, look at some of these fantastic courses that are going on. And um, 
because again we are you know very much in a digital space so there's a lot about the digital analytics as well i would say mm -hmm. so there's pure data science you know degrees now that really help the expertise there is sort of more advanced digital analytics i think is a big part of it it is about the engineering side i think you know the bioinformatics there's also the, the genetics and access to again really big data so you can see why there's there's a lot of different components, I think, to data science. Um, each have got their own areas of expertise. Um, you know, each have got their own fields of application, which again, you know, we, we, we should never think that we are, we are experts in all of this. It's understanding enough about the fundamentals, I think, which is really helpful. It's knowing who within your organization does have the expertise in some of these areas. And I think that is changing. We heard from the SBI stat leaders, you know, how, how do you bring this all together? It's really, really hard um, because there's so many different pockets of applications, although maybe fundamentally a similar skill set is required. But the business units are very different. The applications of data science approaches is very different. But boy, when you bring that together, the power, the learning agility, learning from each other as to what has gone well and, and also where is the future going you know we are we are going to more automation we're going to more you know ai ml methods roles and jobs will continue to evolve and the statisticians we must not sit back we must embrace this future and again see it as an opportunity to use fabulous skills that we have in order to be part of this party going forward um, yep. We can bring a lot of really good experience and expertise, but we also need to learn from the, from this community and understand how we can actually play a significant role. Yeah, just thinking about this digital space. Yeah, so um, well, of course, as a podcaster, uh, I'm I'm really in this digital space with you know content production, and I see kind of my analytics in terms of. Um, podcasts and all these kind of things or emails yeah and that is exactly the same that um, uh, people in marketing are looking into for example yeah so they have an email um, that they send out to uh, the customers and uh, where they have content yeah and they may have kind of two different ways of display data in this, uh, in this emails and wanna learn about what is a better way so that people actually click on this link and learn more about, let's say it's treatments, it's a disease, whatsoever. Here's something where we can really help together and work together, yeah? How can we best ensure that the data flow from our clinical trials, from our world evidence studies, from our indirect comparisons, that that ends up optimally in the end with the customer, yeah? Um, and that it doesn't go through, you know, dozens of silos within the organization with lots of handovers. I think here we can connect really the dots much, much better. And that will help us having a bigger impact. And as, I, as you said earlier, we need to be curious for that. We need to want to understand where is our data actually ending up with? What is the, you know, is it just regulatory? Mostly not. For let most of your, at least for all the phase three and beyond studies, 
yeah, things go beyond the regulators. So, you know, check where these are ending up. And I'm pretty sure that will help you to increase your network, that will help you to get a better business understanding. And all of these things are really important for the leadership skills that we talked about earlier today. Thanks so much, Chrissy. That was awesome. Um, and I hope to have you again on the show because you're also now the new chair of PSI. <laughs> which we actually haven't talked so much about. No, we would love, love to come back on another occasion, Alexander. And again, um, thank you to all the statisticians listening. Um, you know, be the best you can be. Uh, we are in a, it's a fantastic time to be a statistician. And I hope you are enjoying what you're doing. Um, you know, I hope everyone is staying safe with the pandemic. Um, but the world is, the world is very bright for statistics and data science. So thank you very much. Awesome last words. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. This show was created in association with PSI. Thanks to Rain who helps with the show in the background and thank you for listening. Head over to theeffectivestatistician.com to find the show notes and find other episodes that will help you boost your career as a statistician in the health sector. Also, there is lots of further stuff there that helps you kind of influencing visualizations and all these kind of different things. So check it out for also subscribe to the newsletters that way you'll never you know, miss anything new that we are offering. Like for example, the Effective Statistician Leadership Program. Reach your potential, lead great science and serve patients. Just be an effective statistician.